thing I wanted to, I was uh, in between flights on last Sunday, I was watching Tommy rig my phone so I could watch, I don't know, how, I guess it's not rigging, but or whatever you call it, but Tommy rigged my phone so I could watch the Super Bowl, so I was, which actually made the travel a lot easier when you're a three-hour layover or whatever else, you sit there and watch a football game. So that was nice. And I was actually walking through the air. I like to walk, so I was walk, walk, you know, walking through the airport and uh, watching the Super Bowl. And these ads, and you already know where I'm going, caught, as, you, as you well can imagine, caught my attention. So the uh, Jesus didn't teach hate. Uh, he washed feet. He gets us ads. So I put together a little presentation this morning. Um, <laughs> see, now... Most, most churches will just come out today and preach another message on prosperity. And they're not going to address it because it will offend people in the church that believe Jesus didn't teach hate, he gets us, he washed, he washed feet. Well, of course, it's very redundant to say that the man who died on the cross for our sins did not teach hate, obviously. But the problem is, what's the definition of hate? If you're going to censor speech because it's hate speech, then what is the definition of hate? You ought to define what it is, uh, what hate is. You are going to have to define what it is and who is going to be the arbiter. Who is going to, who is going to uh, make or decide what that definition is, correct? So what, what is hate? Because I know that I've been banned off of social media for misinformation that was absolutely accurate, so is the definition of hate accurate? And, who's, and, and, and all of you know, all of us in this room to some degree or another are shifting sands. One day you feel great, next day you don't. One day you feel great about this, next day you don't. You have good emotional day, bad emotional day. So we are going to leave the definition of hate in our hands or people's hands and then you know, ban speech for it. Um, we actually have criminal enhancements on statutes because it was motivated by hate. Well, who is it that defines hate? And, and what is hate? Because we know that God hates, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, we know that God hates. So he would be the definition or he would be the definer of hate. Would everybody agree? So we're going to do that this morning. We're, we're not necessarily going to define hate, but since Jesus didn't teach hate, and that was a $14 million ad campaign, that's what they spent on the Super Bowl alone. Now, as I'm driving through and as I'm walking through, I walk for a couple hours a day. So I walk copious amounts of miles. Well, people think that you can't walk, you can walk. I don't even walk fast. My wife, when she walks me, just blows me away. She walks way faster than I do. But I mean, I don't walk fast, but I can walk, I walk a long, period, long ways and for a long period of time. So as I'm walking through Las Vegas, I'm seeing the same ads. And I can flat out tell you that in, on the strip in Las Vegas, those, those ads are present. He gets us. Jesus didn't teach aid. He, he washed feet. Um, those aren't cheap either. So this is a multi-million dollar ad campaign, allegedly from the son of the owner of Hobby Lobby, but it's under a couple other corporate names, entities. So the church needs to address this because 
Jesus' name is being represented in these ads. And is it accurate? So here's the thing. So we need to, so most churches, if not every church on the planet, is not going to address this this Sunday morning. Couldn't address it last Sunday because churches are over. But I can address it now. I've already addressed it on the podcast at length, and it would have been even lengthier. And there's actually a brilliant retort to it at the Babylon Bee. You're like, Tom, this doesn't seem like a sermon. I don't care. If you don't like it, feel free to get up and leave. A lot of other people do. So feel free to go. It doesn't really matter to me. What, again, what is even a sermon? What, what really matters? I mean, so most churches are not going to address this, and they're going to continue allow, to allow the name of Jesus to be blasphemed and allow the synagogue of Satan to continue its messaging. And it's funny because when I began this message series, and for some reason I left it out, I shouldn't have because it was probably prophetic. But I left it out, and in my notes there is, you need to watch out for the message that will come to you that is a soft-pedaled, Jesus-all-accommodating, Jesus-all-tolerating message. Because I've seen many foundation church people fall for it. The empty seats that you see in here are the people that fell for it. They can't take the Bible. They can't take true Christianity. They're going to go with Jesus didn't teach hate. He gets us. He washed feet. And I'm going to get deep into this in just a minute. I have like one page of notes on it. I'm guessing I won't get to the rest of the message. But I don't know. Since I'm already seven minutes into it right now and I haven't even begun the message yet. Or begun my video presentation. (laughs) Which is just simply... Two videos, guys, cue up that he gets this ad first. We're gonna play that one first, and then I'm gonna elaborate for just a minute, and then we're gonna play the second, the, the last one, obviously last. So play that one whenever you guys are ready. Let me, let me kind of see that you're ready, hit it. Kind of guys gotta get me off of the video somehow. There you go. Don't ask me. What you know is true Don't have to tell you I love your precious heart I I was standing You were there Two worlds colliding And they could never Podcast. That's good, guys. You can bring it back to me. Well, besides the most annoying song in history, I'm like, you sound like a pterodactyl swooping in to its prey. When you're evil, you can't help but be annoying. You just can't. If you're evil, you just can't help being annoying. Now, before I get into the meat of this thing, I want to show you the end result of believing this. Play it for me, guys. 
she, she doesn't want to develop into a man. So medically, transitioning involves a lot of different steps, and uh, every transgender person chooses their own adventure. For Rebecca, the first steps will be puberty blockers, which will pause puberty um, and prevent her from going through male puberty and uh, developing secondary male characteristics like facial hair and a deeper voice and an Adam's apple that are irreversible. The next step would be cross hormones. So um, Rebecca's a natal male, and so she would take estrogen to develop and go through female puberty. As far as surgery, she hasn't indicated a desire for that, but that um, is a decision she gets to make down the road anyway. Um, that's not something she would do before she's 18. I'm always worried about a reaction with Rebecca, um, both in the community and the church in the world. Um, I'm very worried about how the world's gonna treat her because I see a lot of ugliness in the world on a regular basis. All right. Now, there you go. That is the end result of Christianity being morphed into the mind of a human being where Christianity ends up being the creation of a person's mind, where you believe that it's loving, you believe that it's Christ-like to pump your son, to pump your son full of female hormones and puberty blockers when he looks like he is about eight. And you believe that that's loving. And here's the biggest blasphemy of all. You ready? The daggum church is not going to address it. Because they don't believe it's loving to address demonic activity. There you have pastor, whatever his name was, with his stupid collar on believing that he is espousing Christ's virtue. And you know, nobody's done one bit of long-term studies on puberty blockers. He has absolutely no idea what that's gonna do to his son. And you can pump your son full of estrogen and puberty blockers and female hormones all you want. He ain't never gonna have a uterus. He ain't never gonna have ovaries. He's never gonna have a vagina. Not gonna happen. You can invert his penis all you want. He's not gonna have a womb. You can lop off his penis, his testicles, get breast implants, invert his penis all you want. Doesn't work. It's absolute asinine idiocy and it's hell-bound sin. But I'm telling you, the majority of Christians, I know them and I've known the people that have left this church. They're going down the foot washing path. Let's talk about that. When did Jesus wash feet? Did Jesus march through the streets saying, hey, you know what? Don't you worry about your sin. Get those shoes off. I got my bucket. I got my towel. I don't care whether you're an adulterer. I don't care whether you're a fornicator. I don't care whether you're a liar. I don't care whether you're gay. Get your sandals off and get, put them in my bucket. 
Is that what he did? That's what's being represented on the ad. That's where most of Christianity is. And here's the thing. Even the ones who aren't for that ad, they ain't preaching about it today. You know why? Because they're cowards. They're cowards. You probably wonder why it is that you see this church sometimes full and sometimes like it is today, semi-empty. Why? Because people can't take it. They can't take it. They'll burn in hell for all of eternity because of it, or they'll send their loved ones to hell because of it, because your form of Christianity is gonna be watered down by your kids. So, what's your form of Christianity? And I've said this before. I heard a woman say this. This is a long-term, we don't take memberships, but a tender of this church when, the co- when, when all the COVID stuff first started. Well, I agree with what your church is saying about COVID. That's always sign number one when it's no longer our church, it's your church. I agree with what your church is saying. I just don't agree with how they're saying it. Well, then if you agree with what we're saying, why did you do the opposite of everything we were saying? No, it's actually that you didn't agree with the Bible. You disagree with the Bible and you use the excuse of tone not to obey the Bible. That's all that you're doing. Well, Tom, improve the tone. No. No, why would I? Jesus didn't. And I don't, I don't need the tone police. Like, Tom, do people talk to you about this stuff all the time? No, nobody does. They won't dare. You know, you know why? I'm going to give you a little poem. You know why they don't dare? It's because I don't care. I'm, I'm dangerous to deal with because I don't care whether you go, well, I'm out of here then. All right. Where's my pizza and wings today? Have a, have a nice life. That's on you. There's other things that I've stayed awake about at night. It ain't, it ain't people coming and going from the church. Understand that. But so when did Jesus wash feet? He washed feet once in John chapter 13. And whose feet did he wash? Quote, unquote, his own. Well, that's everybody. Ah! Narrows the way if you find it, then it's not everybody. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there, there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. He washed the feet of his own. Now anybody can be his own if you choose to receive Jesus Lord and Savior and repent of your sins. Jesus didn't wash the feet of the unrepentant sinner. He washed the feet of his own. You guys don't have any of these verses. I just jotted this down at the last minute. John chapter 15, nine and 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in his love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. If anyone does not remain in me, it's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned, John chapter 15, verse six, three verses prior. I don't like that, Tom. That doesn't, that doesn't sit well with my Baptist Calvinist upbringing. Your Baptist Calvinist upbringing is not the Bible. Listen, my Catholic upbringing is not the Bible. I was raised Catholic, you know what I do? Repent of it. kind of funny that Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 23 verse 9 did not call anyone on earth father 
And then an entire denomination calls people father and mother. It's the same thing here. It's direct contradictions of the word of God are called Christianity. Don't call anyone on earth father. They call him father and they call it Christianity. They don't call for the repentance of sin. They act like Jesus had a foot washing ministry. Which by the way, let me just address that real quick. And this is my own section, so you can take or, take or leave this. You can take this or leave it. I hate the whole foot washing thing. For those of you that are in it, don't come up to me and ask me when we're ever gonna do a foot washing service here, because we ain't doing one. I know some of you like to do that flame wad crap at your weddings. Oh, let me wash my wife's feet. You know why they wash feet, folks? They didn't have freaking shoes. Deliverance, right there. It's over. It's a cultural thing. You're welcome. Well, that's, that's it. That's the end of me with this church. Well, bye-bye. Go get your foot washed at the lukewarm, mask-wearing, eight-times-vax pimp church. Go ahead. Go right ahead. That's what you want. We don't preach hippie Jesus here. He did not carry around a towel and a bucket. He washed the feet exclusively of his disciples. Not even the saved, his disciples. The 12, including, G including Judas's feet. Well, that proves it then, Tom. See, he washed the feet of the sinner. And to take part in this ministry, Acts chapter one, because I know some goober is gonna come to me at the door with that. Somebody who doesn't know the Bible, that's why you operate in trivialities and generalities, is you have no clue what the Bible says. Acts chapter one, verse 25. To take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell that he might go to his own place. Saved, then unsaved. By transgression, fell. But I, I was taught, if you forgive past, present, and future, and... Not a Bible verse. Why do you believe past, present, and future when it's not a Bible verse? Well, so-and-so says it. It doesn't matter what so-and-so says. You ain't gonna be judged by what I say. Jesse Duplantis, Rodney Howard Brown, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Andrew Womack, all of which I love. You're not gonna be judged by them. You're gonna be judged by the word of God. And is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is referencing the word of God. So Jesus, in this ad, he's washing the feet of the unrepentant abortion activist or the person who just got an abortion. Unrepentant. Listen, if you've had 12 abortions in here and you've repented, welcome to the kingdom of God. I can't be any nicer than that. If you murdered somebody and you're in this room, I'm gonna trample on all of Christianity's religion today. You molested children and you've asked God to forgive you. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Amen. Doesn't matter what your sin was as long as you've repented of it. Amen. If you haven't repented of it, forget it. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not, did not obey. So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Amen. Obedience is not works, it's faith. 
If you're not obedient, you have no faith. Stop, stop delineating between faith and works in an unbiblical manner. Well, I have a good heart. I'm just living with my girlfriend right now. No, you don't have a good heart, and you have no faith. You will not enter into his rest because of your unbelief. He washes the feet of the unrepentant murderer, the unrepentant alcoholic, and make sure, of course, we don't cross any racial lines here. Can't have any Indians washing the feet of a white man. I guess no white people get their feet washed. I'm so sick and tired of the reverse racism in this country. Sick and tired of it. I hate reverse racism just as much as I hate regular racism. It's all You don't eradicate racism with more racism. You don't defend your democracy by banning people, censoring people, mandating vaccinations. You don't, you don't, you don't defend your democracy by ushering in authoritarianism. I'm so sick of the asinine idiocy in this country. So sick of it. And the church says nothing. While the synagogue of Satan puts out $14 million worth of ads. Where's the church response? As soon as I could respond, I did. And listen, you guys need to be doing your part to grow this church. Are you praying every day that God would open up the doors for you to share your faith and invite people to church? If you're not, you're dropping the ball. They show Jesus wash, or the, the person Washing the feet of the illegal migrant, flouting our laws. You have to be an unrepentant liar to be an illegal migrant. You're going to hell for it. You have to be an unrepentant liar. Why are you here? Asylum. Asylum from what? Asylum from what? You're 60 pounds overweight with a $1,000 cell phone. What are you running from? Overeating? Are you running to a diet? I don't see one, I mean, listen, I would still require our laws to be followed, but I would at least have somewhat of an open mind if everybody showing up at the border was on death's door. Skin and bones, nearly dead. Everybody, believe me, you're like, Tom, how would you know? Does anybody in here watch more than me? I doubt it. You have a life. I watch them all. I watch what's going down there. Everybody's fat. Got these women coming across the Rio Grande with their yoga pants on, dimple butt. I'm like, what are you running from? Too many burritos? What are you running from? Can you put some regular pants on for the benefit of all of us who have to see you? The feet get washed of the unrepentant Muslim. Show me that in scripture. He gets us. Jesus didn't teach hate. See, now I'm going to be accused of teaching hate 
Because I said that an abortion, uh, an abortion activist or somebody who got an abortion committed murder. They did. Before he formed you in the womb, uh, he knew you. Your eyes, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. In your book, they all were written the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them, Psalm 139, 16. So how are you gonna be judged? Now, I'm considered to be hateful because I'm telling you the truth and that you need to repent. If you don't, you're gonna spend eternity in hell and I'm the one who hates you? Or is it gonna be the one who lies to you telling you you're going to heaven when you're actually going to hell? Who hates you more? I don't hate you at all. Of course, the feet, the feet get washed of the gay man by a member of the clergy. He gets us. Je Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. So what's hate? You know what hate is now? It's an inverted world. Closed border means an open border. Border security bill means a border infiltration bill. Democracy means authoritarianism. Whenever you see the left saying we're gonna defend our democracy, how do you defend your democracy? By banning speech, forcing vaccinations, mass censorship, COVID camps, forced vaccinations. How do you defend democracies? It's an inverted world. Everything that used to mean one thing now means the exact opposite. So when the world speaks Christianity, they're talking about Jesus with a bucket in a washcloth, going around to unrepentant sinners, saying, I'm gonna wash your feet. Tom, you know what, you were once a sinner. I know, there's a big difference between a sinner and an unrepentant sinner. Whether you like it or not, you have no right to say anything to me, Tom, because you have sinned yourself. That is incorrect. Spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment, 1 Corinthians 2.16. Whether you like it or not, when a sinner repents of his sins in Jesus' name, he has the right to judge sin. You may not like it, it really doesn't matter. And that's another very blurry line that the world likes to do and the worldly church likes to do. Well, you know, we've all sinned and fallen short. They, they convolute Romans chapter three. They convolute it. 22 through 25, they convolute it and they claim, well, we've all sinned, so we, have, we shouldn't be discussing sin. That's very wrong. I struggle with sin, but I've turned from my sin and I never intend on sinning again. That is a big difference than somebody sitting here going, you know what? Porn's waiting, my girlfriend's waiting, my next lie is waiting, my, like, my next cheat is waiting. It's a whole lot different. Whether you like it or not, whether that seems to be kind of a thin veiled line to you, it's not a thin veiled line to God. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's your response to the kingdom of heaven. Not Jesus going around washing the feet of the, of the, of the unsaved and the unrepentant. He doesn't do it. So what is hate? Hate is now whatever is true. Jesus didn't teach the homosexual they were going to hell. Yeah, he did, because Jesus is the word, and that's what the word says. But that's now considered to be hate, and Jesus didn't do that. Jesus held back, didn't say a word, got out of his bucket and washcloth and washed their feet. Really? That's not what the Bible says. But that's the new form of Christianity. For those of you that are watching right now online, 
If you go to a church like that, if you're going to a church that embraces that ad, or a church that's not speaking against it, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to occupy until he comes. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. That just doesn't seem like, I know, it doesn't seem like Christianity to a lot of people. Maybe there's some in this room. That doesn't seem like Christianity to you, but that's why you have no victory. Because the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Your Christianity is so dulled, that's why you don't prosper. That's why you don't see the promises of God come to fruition in your life. Because a little leaven has leavened your whole lump. Nothing's sharp in your life. Everything, everything is a compromise. Everything is good enough. You something like that? Everything's, you know, that's, you know I, I did my best. Who, who cares about your best? Do what God wants you to do with his power and watch it be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think it's Christianity, do you? Perfection is not Christianity. Beautiful the mess we are. Uh, we're all in the process. It's all a journey and a process. You know, who, you're, on, you're on stage four of the process, and I'm on stage seven of the process. <laughs> What's the standard? Anybody know? It's in, Ma- it's in Matthew chapter five, verse 48. What's the, what's the standard? Jesus said it. Be perfect, therefore, just as I am perfect. And if you haven't, if you haven't reached perfection, which I have not, then allow godly sorrow to issue, uh, usher you there. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. I have not reached perfection. I don't like that in my life. Good, good. Or you can go to lukewarm central, which is every other church in this county, who's going to tell you, it's all just the process and just do the best you can. It's not the mighty God of Israel. He doesn't talk like that. That's you talking like that, and that's heresy. Jude chapter 3. Jude 3 and 4, only one chapter in Jude. Still addressing this video series, which you're going to continue to see. And like I told you, I had it written in my originating notes for this series that I didn't use them. should listen to God instead of my own mind. Jude 3 and 4. I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals, he gets us. Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet for certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago. Whose condemnation was written about long ago. Whose condemnation was written about long ago. Have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. That is what you're seeing. This will be the end times falling away. Choose not to participate. Amen. They are ungodly people. People preaching Jesus are ungodly people if you don't preach Jesus by the word because Jesus is the word. You know the verses, John 1.1, 1, 1, John 1.14, 1 
1 John 5, 7, Jesus is the word. Nothing else. Nothing and nobody else. He is the word. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. He gets us. By the way, he doesn't get you. Jesus doesn't get unrepentant sin. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand it. He walked in flesh just like you and I and never sinned. He doesn't get it. He gets that we've sinned, but he doesn't understand us. Uh, where's, that, where's that Bible verse? He understands our sin. He doesn't understand your sin. That's not a Bible verse, so it's not true. He gets us. That's not a Bible verse, so that's not true. He understands where we are because he's not stupid. He understands it. So he said, you know, somebody's going to have to pay the price because I love them enough and I want them to go to heaven. So I'm, gonna, I'm, going to, I'm going to send my son, his only begotten son, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I'll do that because I understand their condition. But he doesn't get us. He doesn't sit there and go, I just, I don't understand why they sin. He doesn't. And while they're sinning, doesn't matter. I'm gonna tell them they're all right by washing their feet. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, you hear these verses a lot. All these verses you hear a lot in this church. Because I know what's coming. You know why I know what's coming? Do you know why? Just read the Bible. I know what's coming. Pandemic was no surprise to me to usher in the structure for CBDC currency, the infrastructure for CBDC currency, cashless society, that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. I could see it coming. You couldn't see it. You should have been able to. You should have smelled it. Vaccine passports, and not one church is preaching about them outside of the orbit that I've already mentioned. Not one. Can you imagine that? Being, you, you're a church in Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota or Charlotte County, Florida, and you don't preach about, you have Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Union, come, up, come out with a COVID passport. She says COVID. It's not COVID, it's COVID. Her COVID pass, and you can't move anywhere in the entire European Union, all of Australia, all of Canada, and all of New York City. New York City was an Excelsior pass. This is my Excelsior pass. I only need two vaccinations and I get an Excelsior pass. Can't go into any restaurant or any, anywhere in New York City without your Excelsior pass? And does, that doesn't alert the churches in New York? No, because they're all Jesus gets us. The love of most will go cold all the while thinking they're the most loving of all. Because love is what? Love can be as easily defined as hate. Love is God. Hate is the antithesis of God, if not used correctly. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. For Satan himself transforms himself into somebody who makes ads, saying he gets us and Jesus didn't teach hate, he washed feet. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. It always amazes me, I think most of Christianity thinks that the mark of the beast is going to come with a knock on the door saying, Satan here, will you take my mark? No, it'll be the church that ushers in. 
just like the church, bent over. They didn't even grab their ankles. They grabbed each butt cheek and spread it wide. (laughs) And did exactly what the world commanded them to do. It'll be the church that ushers in the mark of the beast. They'll be, they'll be here, not in this building. I mean, they'll be, they'll be having their services. When it comes to fruition, when the mark of the beast is really established, you and I will be gone. But, they'll be, and by the way, that'll all be excused too. You're like, how could that happen? I don't mean to digress, but I just have to speak to the unfathomable realms of asinine idiocy. It wasn't but 15, 16 years ago. And you've heard me speak about this before if you've come to this church for very long, which isn't very many of you. But congratulations if you made it more than three weeks. See them all streaming out right now? They can't take it. They're a bunch of pansies. And I, just, I hope you're watching right now on your way home. You're a little pansy boy and you're a little pansy girl. You are. You're a little pansy. You can't. You know, I would just, I would sit in here just to be entertained. I would. I'd be like, I hate, I hate it. I would sit in here to be entertained. You can, you can mount your defense against me. Oh, you can't because it's not, you don't have any Bible verses. But 15 years ago, 16 years ago, whatever it was, I know it was when we, when we were in the old building, so it was post like 2005, 2006. There was a giant tsunami. That hap- happened at like in East, Eastern Asia and all that. I'm talking about this freaking thing killed 600,000 people in a day. You remember? Nobody remembers. How do anybody remembers? In a day. 600,000 people in a day. And you don't think people will just not worry about the rapture? Where'd all those people go? But people can't see these things coming because they don't read the word of God. They have no, they have absolutely no siren song echo of the Holy Ghost in their head. Saying, do you see this? Do you see it? Do you smell it? Do you have discernment? Or it's, or it's, it's 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to them. That's the church. You should see that ad and go, that is disgusting. Sounds, people say, oh, it sounds great. Jesus didn't teach hate. Well, so what, what are you saying that Jesus didn't teach? What they're saying in the ad is, Jesus didn't teach that homosexuality was sin. That lawlessness, i.e., coming through the southern border by lying and sinning, um, that, if you call that lying and sinning, that's hate. But, butchering your unborn child, and you call somebody out for it, that's hate. Jesus didn't teach that. He absolutely did teach that. So then they're lying on that ad. Therefore, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. He gets us. You know what? Yeah, you know what? You're going to get it too. The smoke of your torment is going to ascend forever and ever. I get it. I smell you. Your former body now mixed with worm-ridden sulfur. How quiet it gets in here. That's the Bible. That's just not my, my version of Christianity. Yeah, that's most people's version of Christianity is. He gets us. He washed feet. 
He didn't teach hate. That's their version of Christianity. I'm talking about most evangelicals in America. That's their version of Christianity. Or there's just simply a Trump enthusiast. You can be a Trump enthusiast all you want and go straight to hell. You're a Trump enthusiast, but you're getting drunk on Bud Light every night. Because nobody tells you in your Trump Christian circles that that's sin. Well, Tom's against Trump. Nobody could be more for Trump than me. I'm just telling you, it's the way that it is. I mean, look at, look at Trump. He's like the Tom Lightley of politics. There's no filter, none. There's no filter. He, the thing with Trump is he actually cares what people think, though. I don't. I, I'm, I, I'm so bored with caring what people think. I've been that way for years. Well, what's that person going to say? Do you honestly think that I come up here with messages going, I wonder if this is going to offend anybody. If it should, I should pull the reins back. And I'm, by the way, I don't do it for the other reason either. Oh, I'm going to see how many people I can torque off today. I don't do that either. The Bible is offensive. Here's more on the false prophets who put up those ads. 2 Corinthians 2, 15 through 7, 2 Peter 2, 15 through 19. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. Depending on your translation. Balaam was who? False prophet who deceived the children of Israel into living in sexual sin. What does that ad do? But that ad, the ad is in the name of Jesus, but it should be in the name of Balaam, son of Beor. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. That ad should be in the name of Balaam, not Jesus, or Ezra instead of the name of Jesus. But they put it in the name of Jesus. Verse 16, 2 Peter 2, 16. But he, Balaam, was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. I only put that verse in here because I just love that verse. <laughs> Doesn't really even correlate with the rest of the message, but I just like it. Because you had the false prophet whose end will be according to his works. That's great. You're a false prophet. God ends up muting you and making a donkey speak instead of you. And you're going to put up $14 million worth of ads mocking Yahweh. Good luck with that. See, the thing is, I've told you this before, between the difference between wickedness and sin, I struggle with sin, but I don't struggle with wickedness. Both will be burned in hell for all of eternity, just so I'm clear. It's like I told you last week, week before, whatever it was, or two weeks in a row. The guy who goes home with his 12-pack of Bud Light every Friday night, and just can't face the world and drinks himself into oblivion, he's a sinner. People that are carousing at bars because they're just lonely, they can't stand to be alone, they've got to be in a relationship, they're sinners. All of them are going to hell for it if they don't turn from their sin, just like I would have if I didn't turn from my sin. But then you have the wicked. And see, the one thing I won't do is be wicked. I don't come up here and preach if I'm living in sin. 
Because I'm not, I'm not poking God. I'm not going to be wicked. I'm, I'm, I, it's my desire and my plan to never sin again. Understand that. I have repented of my sin. That's not trying to not sin. That is turning from your sin. But I, one thing I'm not going to do is go and mess with Yahweh. I'm not going to do that. He gets us. They're messing with him. Good luck with that. Watch their lives. Watch them. Watch their lives. Watch if they even have a life. Oh, God would never do that. You don't read your Bible. He's angry at the wicked every day. God judges the righteous. Uh, this is not a judgment. Uh, Christianity is a judgment-free zone. Uh, no, it's not. Christianity is a judgment-free zone as much as Chicago is a gun-free zone. <laughs> you can make it a free zone all you want. Doesn't make it free. Verse 17, still in 2 Peter chapter 2. These false prophets, false pastors, which by the way, let me just say this for everybody, 99 0.9% of churches are led by fakes. If your pastor put on a mask, hoard the vaccine, he's a fraud and he's a coward. That's not the Bible. It's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible tells you to do. You are to on command, bind and loose not cave, not cower, and not conform to the pattern of the world. See them stream out of here? Can't take it. They're modern-day Christians. They'll put the mark on their right hand or on their forehead, on command. Watch. Watch. The dip squats walking out of here this morning, watch. Watch. They can't take it. You're like, Tom, you're going you're gonna to empty this church. All right, I'll move on the side of a mountain, live by myself. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. But these false, fake pastors who must have been neutered and didn't know it. I mean, how you don't sense that you've been neutered? You ought to sense that there's something not swinging around down there. Hmm, my walk's different than it used to be. Yeah, there's nothing down there, dude. You're going to notice it. Oh, here comes the 99.9% survival virus. Lock it all down. Run for your lives. And you're a liar. You're playing pretend like you did when you were eight. And they're not saying a word about this ad either. Because you know why they're not saying a word about it? The same people. I tell you, it's all the same spirit. It's all demonic. The same exact spirit telling you to put a mask on and take eight vaccinations, stand six feet apart, lock down your businesses and your churches is the ones putting up those ads. Because they all lock down their businesses. Why? For love. I lock down my business because I love. I put on a mask because I love. With a woman in this church, same one who said that she, she's like, I agree with what you're saying, but not how you're saying it. She quarantined her entire family for weeks. You obviously don't agree with what I'm saying. 
has the exact, it's the exact same spirit. I'm doing it because of love. You're contradicting the word of God because of love. You're contradicting love because God is love in the name of love. How do you contradict love in the name of love? The same way you uphold your democracy using authoritarianism. These are these false prophets, false pastors, fake preachers. These are wells without water. Second, second, uh, second Peter chapter two, verse 17. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, clouds carried by a storm, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever, whose end will be according to their works. You go out there and you start pimping lies in the name of Jesus. Blackness of darkness forever. Doesn't even say that about the sinner. Sinner's going to the same hell, but I think there's, it's my opinion, I think there's levels. I think there's levels. There's definitely levels of judgment. Verse 18. This is actually entitled... This section of scripture, let me wash this down. For when they speak, great, great swelling words of emptiness. Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. He gets us. What does that do for anybody? It's a great swelling word of emptiness. Oh, great. I'm a lesbian, Jesus will wash my feet, and I'll still go to hell. The last water I ever see in my life or feel in my life will be somebody washing my feet. Great swelling words of absolute nothingness. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure. That's the problem. And I've seen many foundation church people since the foundation of foundation church in 2004, I think, 2005 when we started this, whatever it was. I've seen many people allured. Where are all the people that were here during COVID? Where are they at? They went back to their old churches. You know why? Because their old churches will tell them that they're all right, right where they're at. Jesus will meet you where you are. Not a, not a Bible verse. He doesn't meet you where you are. He's a shining city on a hill, which you're called to be too. He demands that you come to him through repentance. Not he gets us. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh. So you're telling me, Tom, can't get through these verses. Stuff keeps popping in my head. So you're telling me, Tom, that when I run into sin, that I'm supposed to confront it. For yourself, absolutely, look at me now, now. How many of you are living by lies right now? But you still call yourself a Christian. God has specific disdain for liars, Revelation 21.8. You live by lies. Somebody asks you to do something, I'm too busy. You're not too busy, just tell them, tell them the truth. Well, I just don't have time for that right now. Um, just shuffling my schedule around, and uh, I just don't see how I can fit that in. No, just tell people the truth. Let's do what I do. 
Hey, Tom, can you do that? No. Why? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but Tom, you're mean and callous. I'm, well, I'm, I don't know if I can argue with that, but I'm really not. I'm just not going to do it. If I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Hey, people ask me, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Do you want to come to this? Do you want to come? No, I don't. I'm not coming. Thank you, though. I really appreciate it. I'm sitting in Jonathan Shuttlesworth's board meeting. You know what Jonathan says? This was on uh, Tuesday. You know what he said? Because I really appreciate you guys coming and being on my board because I've turned down every single person that's ever asked me to be on a board. <laughs> Is he mean and callous? I don't think so. I mean, I, I mean the Holy Ghost is working through him. Um, he's got at least 1,000 people seeing him today, right now. $23 million came into his ministry. Feeds 2,000 people a day. Is he mean and callous? No, he just says what's true. I don't want to be on a board. And if it wasn't Jonathan, I'd be on nobody's board either. If it was Jonathan or Pastor Rodney, that's the only boards I'd ever be on in my life. Otherwise, I'm not doing I'm not doing anybody else's board. And I'm not coming to your two-year-old's birthday party either. They don't even know it's their birthday, all right? I'm not coming. <laughs> I love your kids. I do. I love them. I ain't coming. And chances are I'm not going to marry you either. Yeah, she gets quiet here. It's so fun. <laughs> See, you, you think there's lines in this church. There are none. There aren't any lines. The Bible is the line. That's it. That's it. What do you mean you won't marry people? Listen, I ain't marrying you if you're not, if I don't sense that that's what God wants for you. How dare you? I live in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost kind of gives me the yeas and the nays all the time. And I'm rarely, it's not me that's ever, I'm not, when I say it, I'm rarely wrong. It's not me being rarely wrong. It's him speaking through me that's rarely wrong. And I come in a room, I'm like, you shouldn't be marrying that person. Tom, I want to know what you think. No, you don't. (laughs) You're already married. Here you go. I'll tell you, how many of you are already married in here? Shout Amen. Okay, you're destined to stay with that woman or man. That's God's plan for you. There you go, done. If you're not married and you want to know whether you should marry that girl or not or marry that guy or not, you really want to know, come and ask me. I'll tell you. See how quiet it gets? I've known people before, they fight while they're dating. Don't ever marry that person. Don't fight somebody. You, don't marry somebody you fight while you're dating. Some of you did, didn't you? How's it going? You don't marry a person you can live with or that you need to change. That's like buying jeans that are two sizes too small, saying you're going to lose weight to get fit in them. A lot of you did it, though, didn't you? She's just too hot to pass up. After you've seen her naked 5,000 times, she ain't going to seem so hot anymore when she ain't fun to live with. Told you, ain't no lines in here. I ain't cussing. I'm not swearing. Nothing. I follow the word of God. Do you get a little close to the line? I get a little close to the line. So here's the problem with that ad. It allures. So how does it allure? We're, we're here, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. I keep telling you the verses over and over again because I keep talking for too long. They allure through the lust of the flesh. That's enticing to the woman at this church, you said. 
I agree with what you're saying, just not how you're saying it, and then did the opposite of everything that we were saying. It allures her through the lust of her own flesh so that she gets to finally be the good guy. I get to be the good guy. Christians are always the good guy. If Jesus was the good guy, why did they pierce him with nails and a spear? He was not looked at as the good guy. If he was looked at as the good guy, then why was he hung between two criminals? Right? He wasn't considered to be the good guy. He was considered to be an outlaw. How did Paul die? Peter die. Stephen die. They were the good guy? But that woman at this church and those ads, they think, you know what? Approval of the world means that I'm a legitimate Christian. It's the opposite. And again, I don't sit there and go, you know what? I want all Democrats to hate me. I want all Republicans to hate me. I don't do any of those things. I just preach the word instantly in season, out of season, and let chips fall where they may. You come up to me today and you at the door and you say, you know what, Tom? I am right now struggling with fornication. What does that mean? All right, I'm just having sex with my girlfriend. Thank you for being clear. I had kind of these conversations in my own head. My wife often, we're driving down the road, and my wife will say, what are you talking to yourself about right now? This is what I do in my own head. My hands are moving. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says about your situation. I tell myself endlessly, probably to a fault if you ask my wife, I tell myself what the Word of God says about the situation. Did I just lie? Did I just, did I just, did I just exaggerate? Tom, how many people attend your church? I don't know. I'm not one of those pastors. I don't know, gosh, 2,000? They just make it up. They allure through the lust of the flesh. Each man is tempted how? How are you tempted? James chapter 1, 14 and 15. How are you tempted? Why does nobody know? How, do you, how are you tempted? Somebody shout it out. Thank you, somebody who studies the word. You're not tempted by the devil. The devil has no access to tempt you except if you already have existing lust, if you already have existing evil desire. Lust doesn't just mean sin. I mean, it doesn't just mean sexual sin. When by your own evil desire you are dragged away and enticed. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. That's how you are tempted. Same thing happens here. They are allured away by the lust of their own flesh. I want to be the good guy. I don't want to be the good guy. I don't want to be the bad guy. I want to be God's guy. Whatever, however that lands, it lands. That means I get love, I get love. It means I get hate, I get hate. They are allured through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness. Let me read the whole verse. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. That ad is going to allure Christians back to sin, believing that they're sinning and their freedom to sin is righteousness. Where do you get that from? Verse 19, while they promise them liberty, 
while they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he's brought into bondage. So these Christians are like, you know what? It bothers me. I'll tell you flat out, it bothers me. I see Christians go back to cussing. Tom, are you going to go to hell for cussing? I think, no, not in and of itself. Shun profane and vain babblings, though, right? Second, second, second Timothy chapter 2, verse 18. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, Colossians 3, 8. Right? Oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. 1 Timothy 6, 20. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will do what? Increase unto more ungodliness. Once you leaven that lump and you let it back in. Listen, my first conviction, I had porn in my room as a believer. I had no idea it was sin. How would I not know? Because I don't know. How would you know without someone telling you? But when I was told that it was sin, you know what I did? Got rid of it. But the very first thing God told me, because all I was doing was, I was going, I had snuck out and gone to a Pentecostal church. My friend went back to college. I was going to wherever I could go. I was going to Catholic church. Now I was saved now at this point, but I'm going to Catholic church because in my view, because you're ignorant, if you don't grow, you'll be destroyed for lack of knowledge. But God's all right with that baby love at first. I'm like, everybody's saved. Catholics are saved. The priests are saved. Everybody's saved. Woo! Everybody's saved. Because I didn't know any better. But then God began to talk to me. And I'm sitting there, and the very first thing God told me to do is say, you know that F word you use? Every other syllable? Not every other word. Every other syllable, except if my mother was around. That's it. That needs to go. I had porn in my room. That's what God spoke to me about. Now he's going to tell me to bring it back into my life? No. But if I let that back in, does the porn come back? Does the lying come back? Does the fornication come back? What comes back? You leaven that lump, it's all coming back. I'm telling you. Once you make something okay that God said no to, whether it's sin or not, watch out for the whole lump. He told you to get rid of it for a reason. You're welcome. They promised them liberty, but they themselves, the people who put out that ad, are slaves. They're slaves of corruption. And for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. You get overcome by that ad, and you're brought into bondage. All the while thinking that bondage is freedom, and freedom is bondage. You might feel good about yourself, though, as you wash the feet of an unrepentant sinner. Oh, look at me. I just love everybody. Oh, you just worship yourself. Some of us, we need to get deep into the book of Ecclesiastes. And we need to understand that, listen, without him, we're just nothing. Stop trying to be something. I want to be something that somebody admires. Okay, if they admire you, what does that mean? You ever think about that? Well, people really think highly of me. Okay. So? I'm not, and again, I'm not talking about going to the extremes. And I always have to talk to the weird people that are in the room. How many of you are weird? No, don't raise your hand. 
I don't mean peculiar like scripture. I'm talking about you're weird. Okay, you're off your rocker. If I know you and you want my opinion on it, I'll tell you. I won't tell you if I don't know you. But I've known you for a while and you want to know whether you're weird or not, ask me, I'll tell you whether you're weird. You'll never be back to church again, but I'll tell you. Somebody needs to tell you. I'll be the one to tell you. If you ask, I will tell you. That's why I have a don't ask, don't tell policy in this church, like Bill Clinton. You don't want, listen, you don't want to know the truth, don't ask. And I just want, I want just a little affirm, uh, affirmation around here. Okay, if you deserve to be affirmed, you'll be affirmed. If you don't, you won't. There you go. People get real offended in this church because if you're gonna be, you know, if you do any job for this church whatsoever, you're gonna deal with a bunch of type A Nazis. <laughs> if it ain't perfect, we don't do it's good enough here. Don't do it. You don't, listen, you don't like it, Quit. No, Tom, you're just gonna close your whole church. Okay, I'm, I'll close in excellency. I'll, I'll do a great job closing. <laughs> I don't come into podcasts half butt. I don't come into preaching half butt. But a lot, listen, a lot of people work at this church right now. Yeah, it's just good enough. You don't practice like you should. You don't train like you should. Well, Tom, I'm not picking on any security guy in here. I love you all. I'm just using it as an example. I'm not, I'm not thinking of any person. You have a security job in this church. What are you doing with it? Well, I just, you know, I show up and whatever Travis tells me to do, I do. You don't pray over it? You don't fast over it? It's security, Tom. It doesn't matter. It's God's business. God will open. Listen, do you know how I started? I was an usher. If I wasn't faithful in that, I was an usher. There's cops sitting in here. I worked night shift patrol. I got off at eight, seven o'clock in the morning, slept for an hour and a half, and went to church. If I slept at all, a lot of times I didn't sleep at all because I had to squeeze in breakfast. <laughs> I don't want to hear your excuses. Well, you know, I did my best, and they just didn't like it. Well, you didn't do your best. Why don't you be honest with yourself? Did you train? Did you try? Did you give it a lot of time and effort? When I look at these walls, you know what I think of when I look at these walls? I think of David Lee. Is he in here? There he is. I think of him. You know why? Look how great they look. That line, that, that stupid gray thing that drives me nuts, that's not him. That's the freaking building. That's going to be all fixed when we fix the sanctuary. But I look at this, I'm like, man, that's good. You know why? He was in here hours and hours and hours alone with his wife, too, when she was here. I'm like, that's excellence. That's a good job. A lot of people, nah. That leaven right there will leaven your whole up. That'll usher in sin. It will. You don't give it all that you have as a security person, as a sound person. You're like, that's, you know, Tom, it's easy for you to say, you're the senior pastor, everybody's looking at you. I wasn't always. 36 years I wasn't. I'm only 55. 36 years out of 55 I wasn't. What was all that time? When I was a youth pastor, I gave it all I had. All I had.
I spent my own money, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of my own. Because the church didn't have any. We had the single largest church service in, that, in my youth group, in the, whole, in the whole church. Church had two, 300 people in it. My youth service was 120. And what was my experience? Did I go to this Bible college or that Bible college? No, I logged off of, I logged out of my police car. How much do you, listen, you've got to be somebody who gives it all that you have. I can tell you flat out, it won't work here if you don't. You you go back and you watch our children's ministry today. With Courtney and Trish. Okay, it's excellent. They'd be excellent anyway, so don't misunderstand what I'm about to tell you. They'd be excellent anyway. If they weren't, they gone. I'd fire my own wife. I'll fire anybody. I fired every friend that's ever worked for me. You're welcome. I don't care. You're like, you must be callous. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. But I choose Christ. I choose excellence. Why I got off into that, I don't know. But here we go. I'm going to go on with the message here. Ten minutes, I'll be done. This is going to be it, too. Ten minutes, brief altar call, we're going home. Everybody good? It's, 10, it's 12, 10. I like to be in, listen, when in Rome, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 21. When in Rome, be a Roman. So I like to give Americans updates so you know what we're doing. A lot of you are very hungry right now, so I'm giving you an update. It's 12, 10. You'll be at, at, the, le, at the least, not the least, at the latest, at the latest, you'll be out of here at 12, 25. that good? 15 minutes. Now, 14 minutes. Just turn 12, 11. So here's the thing. You might feel good about yourself that you're a foot washer for the unrepentant sinner. Because if you actually tell the unrepentant sinner that they're sinning, it's hate. And Jesus didn't teach that, even though that's all contradiction of scripture. So you might feel good about yourself as you wash the feet of the unrepentant sinner. But what does Ezekiel 33, eight and nine say? What does Proverbs 20, 24 say? When you're sitting in the midst of a sinner, I want you to think about it. You've heard me preach these verses before. I, I know every verse that I used this morning, I preached before and recently, but I had to address this. I had to address this ad because it's gonna keep coming and coming and coming. What do you do in the presence of a sinner? What do you do? You ought to know. God starting off this sentence, Ezekiel 33, 8 9. When I say to the wicked, oh, wicked man, you will surely die. When God says that to a person, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Revelation 21, 8. When God says to the wicked, you will surely die. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? For neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor covetous, nor thieves, nor drunkards, nor revilers will enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. So when God says to the wicked, via his word, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways, he gets us. He washes feet. That's the devil talking. It's Satan. It's demons talking. Let him die. Let him die is what the devil says. Let him die. Let him swim in a lake of fire for all of eternity. Those dip squats that walked out of here, that's what they do. That's what they do. 
and they think that they're loving people. That woman who left this church because of COVID, that's what she does. And she believes she's loving people, loving them straight to a lake of fire. Loving their own kids straight to a lake of fire. You know that your son or your daughter is sleeping with their boyfriend and you say nothing and you tote them on the church every Sunday and you tell them to worship. You try to get them on the worship team. You sign them up for ministry. Tom, everybody should be welcome. Everybody is welcome to be in the building but not serve in leadership and not even serve if you're gonna live in sin. You try to serve on security with Travis and he finds out you're living in sin. Good luck with that. Bye-bye. If I find out anybody in the band is living in sin, I love you. I do. I love you enough to tell you, bye-bye. You're not going to serve here like that. You are more than welcome to attend and be as gay as you want. Fornicate as much as you want. You're welcome to attend. You will not be teaching a class. You'll not be acknowledged as a Christian, and I won't baptize you. Well, that's teaching hate, is it? You ever, have you ever actually read in 1 Corinthians what it says about taking communion if you're not righteous? You think I'm going to baptize you and poke Yahweh? You poke him. I ain't poking him. It's like you're coming up to Yellowstone. And there's a grizzly in your SUV. It's me and Daniel standing here. Me and Dan are going, you go in there. No, you go in there. No, you go. I'm not going in. You go in there. I'm not poking Yahweh. You poke him. When I say to the wicked via his word, O wicked man, you will surely die. And you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways. That wicked man will die for his sin. Everybody following that ad who believes that they're righteous as a lesbian, as a gay man, as a lawbreaker, as somebody who's committed murder via abortion, endeavor turn from their sin, they will die for their sin. Here's the problem. And you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways. That wicked man will die for his sin and I'll hold you accountable for his blood. This doesn't change. Jesus Christ, the word of God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. You don't speak out to dissuade him from his ways and cover a multitude of sins, that's in the book of James. You won't do it? Why? They might not think very highly of me. Oh, man, you're an idolatrous one, aren't you? Everybody's got to think highly of you. Everybody's got to think big, you know, just that you're just an awesome person. I've seen so much of that. It's a, it's a modern trait of the modern church. I just want people to look at me a certain way. Just be like me and don't give a crap. I don't, listen, you need to understand something. I haven't told you this in a little while. You should actually, how many, how many in here have run into me in my neighborhood? Anybody? There's a couple of you. There, well, you know me really well. You know me too well. David and Brian, you both, you're friends of mine. Talking about, there's a couple people in here, strangers that I didn't know, that I didn't know, that run into me in my neighborhood. It has to be disappointing. <laughs> Heather knows, she's laughing, she sees me every day. It's got to be disappointing. I mean, redneck out the yin yang, stained, nasty shirts. 
I don't have the, according to my wife, I don't have the appropriate socks. And if I do have the appropriate socks, I'm not wearing them the appropriate way. My dog routinely gets me into trouble. Oftentimes I'm on the phone or I am talking to somebody and I have to stop and deal with the dog. It has to be disappointing. But I don't care. I honestly, it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. I, I don't care what people think, honestly. It doesn't mean that I'm incoherent to the needs and desires of others. I try not to be a bother to people at all. I honestly, I'd never, I, I mean, Josh and I, the Josh who, I don't like to give his name out, his full name, but Josh who gave me the truck, my truck, which I love, which I'm so in love with it. Every day I walk out the driveway and I go, I love you. I mean, I just do. I, <laughs> I do. I'm, I love you. And I walk past it because I'm on my walk, my laps. I walk past it and I look at it again and I go, still love you. I do. I mean, I'm just very committed. So, but Josh and I and Hope, we went to the DMV six times. I didn't get mad until number five. I try to be a nice guy. A lot of you probably don't think, I didn't, you ask, if you really get to my wife, you can get to her before me. She'll be like, people think that I just fly off the handle there. I don't, I don't. I don't, I'm, she's like, you're way nicer than I am. I don't, I am nicer than she is. A lot of you, they, people run to hope in the shirts all day, run to her, they don't want to talk to me. She's worse. But I don't, I don't go out of my way to be mean to anybody. I just tell, listen, I'm going to tell you what's true. And if you don't tell people, now I'm not saying that you go and seek out the sinner. I've told you, I've got all kinds of different sin in my neighborhood. I got a man living with a woman in my neighborhood. I got two gay men living in my neighborhood. I'm friends with all of them. They don't ask me. If Dave comes up to me and says, Tom, are we living in sin? I'll tell him. I'll tell him. I don't, but when it's right in front of my face, it's time to say something. You got people living in your house, living in sin? You need to be saying something to them. You got a drug addict, you got an alcoholic, you got a fornicator, you got a homosexual, whatever else, a liar. You say something to them. Otherwise, you're going to be held accountable for their blood. How many of you want to be held accountable for your kid's blood? Finishing here, worship team, guys, make your way. Six minutes to go. But if you do warn the wicked man to turn from his ways, and he does not do so, that's called doing what? Shake off the dust from your feet. You shake off the dust from your feet. And he does not do so, he will die for his sin, but you will have saved yourself. Tom, that sounds awfully works-based. I don't care if you think it's works-based. That's what the word of God says. You need to be confronting your own sin and you need to be confronting the sins of others when God opens the door for you to do so. And he's gonna open that door. He's gonna see what you do. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Psalm 26, 2. Will you pass the test? Last verse, Proverbs 24, 24. He that saith unto the wicked, Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. He washed feet. He gets us. He that saith unto the wicked, you wash the feet of the wicked. He that saith unto the wicked, thou art righteous, him shall the people curse. Nations shall abhor him. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forgot God. Psalm 25, 17. Tack that on at the end. 
You're like, Tom, this just isn't a very uplifting message. No, it's not. It's not meant to be. It's the Bible. It's what the Word of God says. I preach all kinds of uplifting things. You want the problem? How many of you want to be healed? God wants you well. How many of you want to be wealthy? God wants you wealthy. That's all the Bible, too. Just didn't preach it today. God wants you to live in the promises of God in an abundant life beyond all possible imaginations. That's what God wants for you. But you're going to need to stand. Most of you in here, maybe you do. I don't know. I hope you do. It appears that you do. You're, listen, if you're able to take this church, I said, man, I'll tell you what, this church, the more I watch, <laughs> the more I know. There ain't nothing like it. And you're, some of you are like, that's a good thing. Because you're like, as soon as I can get out of here without him ridiculing me like he did everybody else who left, <laughs> I'm going to do it. You're like, Tom, do you regret ridiculing people when they leave? No. Not, not, not unless I get caught with my pants down, which that's happened. Well, they weren't leaving, and I ripped them for leaving, and they came back, and they were going to the bathroom. <laughs> but even then, do you know what I do? I tell them, and I wouldn't apologize to them and their family. Their family, they were just, they were just going to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> tell them I'm sorry. I take it all back. And they, they were about 15 feet away. I went, very sorry. I was wrong. You are right. Some of you won't do that. You got to be like that. Especially if you're going to be out on a limb with me. You're going to be out there, you got to be willing to apologize. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to do this and we're going to leave. Here we go. If you need to get right with God, I'm not going to, I got to make this short because I'm going to try to stick to my time frame that I told you. Make this very short. If you need to get right with God this morning, whether you're a backslidden Christian or you've never been saved or you're a fake Christian and you're ready to be unfake, now is your time. If you want to get your life right, it's only going to take a minute. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not taking you to a back room. I'm doing nothing but having you raise your hand and pray a prayer with everybody else. That's it. Nobody's going to know but me, you, and God. If you need to get your life right, right where you are at, boldly lift your hand into the air. Right where you're at. Come on. There you go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Everywhere. You can put them down. Those of you who lifted up your hands, we're going to pray this prayer out loud. Everybody in the church is. Told you I'm not going to embarrass you. This is anonymous. This is between me, you, and God. I know who you are. I'm your witness. Everybody's going to pray this prayer out loud. You pray it, you mean it, and you are saved. Amen. Everybody together. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on. In Jesus' name. Church shouts. Amen. amen. While you're amen and stand to your feet, lift your hands in the air. Look at me now. If you're uncomfortable raising your hands in the air, here's my, here, here's my response to that. Do it anyway. Receive this now. Lord, I pray your abundant blessings upon each and every person in this room every person, whatever they need, Lord, whether it's healing, restoration, conviction, encouragement, godly sorrow, whatever it is that they need, Lord, bring it to them this week and make it the greatest week of their lives. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, church shouts. Love you. Love you all.